Welcome to the Theology Mom Podcast, hosted by theologian Krista Bontrager. Each week, Krista provides practical teaching to help everyday Christians gain a deeper understanding of their faith. And now, here's Krista. Hello and happy Monday to all of you. I hope that by God's grace, you are staying well, you and your family. Um, we are finally on the mend over here. Well, I'm on the mend. That's, that's a good thing. And, um, looking forward to bringing you this live stream. This is part three in a series of teachings that I have been doing on the wildly popular television series called the chosen. And it's wildly popular and wildly controversial. People have a lot of strong feelings about a television show, um, but there's a sense in which I, I get it. Um, you know, I think that a lot of people's concerns are coming from a good place. You know, they want to um, be biblically faithful in what they're doing, what they're watching and what they're recommending to their friends, as well as helping their friends not get kind of trapped in um some problematic theology and all of those things I commend. But in this series, what I've been doing is trying to use the interaction that I've been getting on my social media about The Chosen as some ways to help teach people how to, how to reflect more deeply on the issues, how to differentiate between things that are a genuine concern, things that are a possible concern, something to keep our eye on and the things that are not really a concern. And, and so I hope that you've been enjoying this teaching series and that you've been finding it helpful. I really appreciated all the feedback that I've gotten in this um, conversation. We're going to go over the second most common claim that people gave on my social media related to the LDS issue. And that is that Dallas Jenkins thinks that LDS members worship the same Jesus as historic Christianity. I think that this is an interesting claim, and we will definitely be doing a deep dive into this claim in this podcast. So again, one of the tips that I shared last time is when you hear a claim, Try to slow the conversation down and ask the question, you know, something to the effect of, can you give me an example of that, which some of you have seen that I have done on social media. Another great question to ask a person when they make a claim is what is the source so that I can go look it up for myself? And so when I heard this claim on social media, the Dallas Jenkins thinks LDS people worship the same Jesus that we as historic Christians do. Um, I asked people that, well, what is your source for that claim? Now, I want to make an important observation here. Um, and that is, I would say, probably all of the people who posted links to what I call receipts for this claim um, all of them gave me links to secondary sources. They gave me links to blog posts or other people's commentary or that sort of a thing, or just a clip 
that that's not what you want to do. What you want to do is you want to chase down the original clip to again look at in context just like we did in the previous episode. So it took yours truly quite a while to find said receipts uh, for this claim. Because again, there were all of these just YouTubers commenting on it. I'm like, what's the source? Where is the, where is the original source in context? Where do I find it? Well, it took me a while, but I persisted and did in fact find the, the source. So it was from an interview from 2021 on an LDS podcast with an LDS YouTuber. And it seems like from their channel, he's really trying to equip LDS people to talk about their faith. And um, so Dallas Jenkins went on this podcast in 2021 to promote the show, which, as I said, in part one of this series, for me, that's not that big of a deal. If he got invited on Good Morning America to promote the show with a bunch of pagans, he'd probably go do it. So would I, if it was my show. So the fact that someone from the LDS church who has a YouTube channel wants to have Dallas on, to me, that's not terribly problematic. So we're going to watch the clip right now. It starts about nine minutes into this. And this is from a show called Saints Unscripted. So we're going to watch Dallas Jenkins the original, the original clip where he says that LD, LDS members worship the same Jesus as historic Christians. Will the audience be bothered by the fact that there are um, LDS people involved? Personally, I didn't really care because I've, I've worked with people of all different traditions or, I mean, I've worked with atheists. I've partnered with with people who've distributed my movies who had zero desire to, you know, or connection to, to Christ and couldn't have cared less about it. So even if I had significant disagreements with the LDS community, which I've learned I have fewer than I thought I did, but even with that, I was okay. I was comfortable with that because as long as they're treating the show properly, that's all that matters. Just really quick. Let me comment on this because this is, the exact same point that I made in episode one of this series is that this issue that Dallas has um, distributors that are members of the LDS church, or he has people that hang lights or people that are working on building the app um, for the show that are LDS members. To me, these are more petty concerns. These are not, this is what I would say is a version of the genetic fallacy. And um, Christians all the time partner with people who are not Christians to get funding and distribution for films. To me, this is not a terribly problematic issue um, as long as they're not shaping the content, which Dallas uh, Jenkins has, has said repeatedly that they're not. Okay, let's go back to the clip. So it's been, I, I can honestly say it's been one of the top three most fascinating and beautiful things about this project has been my growing brother and sisterhood with P 
people of the LDS community that I never would have known otherwise and learning so much about, um, about your, your faith tradition um, and realizing, gosh, for all the stuff that maybe we don't see eye to eye on, that all happened. Okay, let me stop it there real quick again and make a quick comment. So here's, for me, a, a, a first difficulty is when he says that, you know, he has brotherhood and sisterhood with members of the LDS church. I get why he's saying this. Let, let's say the most um, charitable reading of this statement is he means brotherhood, sisterhood in the most kind of generic way possible. You know, sometimes if I meet somebody casually, I'll say, have a good day, brother. Have a good day, sister. Now, do I know 100% that person's a brother or sister in the Lord? No, it's just a casual conversation. I might say that. To me, that's the most charitable way of reading what Dallas is saying here. But technically, <laughs> we can't say that members of the LDS church are technically brothers and sisters in the Lord because we are defining many of our terms in different ways. We have different holy books that have primacy and we have not just differences about tertiary issues, we have differences about core issues where they are redefining key core doctrines, okay? So <clears throat> technically, I am in a spiritual sense a brother or sister in the Lord with other historic Christians, okay? Now, in the LDS church, um, they have a different theology of that. They would say that all humans are children of God. They are all um, brothers and sisters. So they define and use that term differently. We've had a few LDS members come on our Instagram page and make comments to that effect on the teachings that we've done um, at the Center for Biblical Unity and pointing out the biblical case that only um, historic Christians are technically children of God. But the LDS doctrine is that all humans are children of God. So we can rightfully say brothers and sisters to one another. How Dallas means this in this context, I think is an open question. I've given you a couple of possible scenarios. Okay, let's keep going. Our faith tradition um, and realizing, gosh, for all the stuff that maybe we don't see eye to eye on, that all happened that's all based on stuff that happened after Jesus was here. Um, the stories of Jesus, we do agree on, and we, we love the same Jesus. Um, that's not something that you often hear. Sometimes it's like, oh, you, uh, they that's believe like, in a different yeah, Jesus than we do. Statement. Yeah. No, it's the same. I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll sink or swim on that statement, and, I, and it's controversial, and I, um, I don't mind getting criticized at all for the show. And I don't mind being called a blasphemer. I don't like it when my friends are. And, um, I've made it very clear that, um, if I go down, if I go down, I'm going down swinging, protecting my friends and my, my brothers and sisters. And so I don't deny we have a lot of theological differences, but we, we love the same Jesus. And, um, and, and the guys at VidAngel are more passionate about this show. And I do hope that viewers judge the show on its own merits. And much like when you read the Bible, you don't go, hey, I heard that the ink that was printed on this Bible 
was provided by someone I disagree with. Uh, and so there, or, or the driver of the truck who's delivering the Bibles to this, to this church or this country, he's not a believer or he's a Mormon or he's a Catholic. Therefore that Bible is no longer valid. They would never think that. So I hope that they apply the same thing to the show. If you, if you're an, uh, in, in the LDS community watching the show or watching this interview right now and thinking that's an evangelical, I'm not sure I can trust him or vice versa. That evangelical is, is uh, being positive towards the LDS community. I'm not sure I can trust him. I do hope that you'll judge the show on its own merits, but I do think that uh, it's been a beautiful thing to see that we can agree on the stories of Christ and I think that's what's been so beautiful about seeing the show grow like it has, is you've got Catholics and Jews and Mormons, or again, I'm sorry if I use the wrong term, and evangelicals, we're all loving the same show. Okay, that's that's the clip. And so a couple of comments that I want to make here. He uses the term brothers and sisters again. He does seem to, in the context, I think be using it not in the casual way of, you know, just generic brothers and sisters, like I might use in a casual conversation, but more in a spiritual way that he sees um, LDS members as brothers and sisters. For me, <laughs> this, this is confusing. This is um, the most charitable way of saying it is confusing. I think a more, um, a harder way of saying it is that this is just plain wrong. Um, if that's how Dallas means it, as seeing Mormons as brothers and sisters, I think that's super confusing. But what really muddies the waters even more, I think, is um, this idea that LDS members and historic Christians agree on the same Jesus. And, and Dallas says, you know, I'm going down, sink or swim, I'm going down on, on this issue, that they're the same. Um, so after thinking about this a lot and hearing a couple other times where Dallas has similar conversations, here's what I think he's saying. I think what he's saying is that L the LDS church affirms the King James version of the Bible. Historic Christians affirm the King James Version of the Bible. Same Jesus. Same Bible. King James Version, okay? The Book of Mormon preserves events that happen after the ascension of Jesus up into heaven. And then he comes to the Americas. That's the plot of the Book of Mormon. Where we introduce the differences about Jesus is in Jesus's ministry in the Americas. And then as explained in Doctrine and Covenants, which is kind of the official um, book of doctrine of the LDS church. This is where we get the so-called different Jesus. I, I think that what Dallas is doing is he's saying something that is technically true, but extremely confusing. 
Okay. So, yes, same Jesus, King James Version of the Bible, affirmed by the LDS Church, King James Version of the Bible used by historic Christians. Same, 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 same. Okay. I think that's what he is saying. Now, what we think about the claims of the, the, the fuller picture of Jesus in the LDS church, as explained in Doctrine and Covenants and the Book of Mormon, different Jesuses. Okay, hopefully you're following this. So again, we're just gathering our data. We're trying to summarize key ideas. What is happening here? All right. So that was the origin of the statement of the, the whole same Jesus controversy. Now, most of you have only ever seen the short snippet where he says, you know, we worship the same Jesus. But when you look at the whole context, the surrounding context, and remember, meaning comes from context, not from snippets. Okay. So when you look at the surrounding context, I'm pretty sure that's what Dallas is saying. King James Bible, King James Bible. Same, same Jesus. Okay. Then he goes on Melissa Doherty's show and she asks him about this. And we're going to watch this clip and it's going to take a minute because she really presses him on a couple of issues. And I also want to say that I appreciate both of their love and concern for uh, members of the LDS church. And they aren't just about trashing LDS members. So, all right, let's watch this clip from Dallas's discussion with my friend, Melissa Doherty. Um, but you've been on record saying that you have LDS friends and you love the same Jesus. What does that mean? Can you break that down for me? Yeah. Um, so before I did The Chosen, my knowledge of the LDS church was, um, I would say, I don't know what I would say, limited but it was limited to just my upbringing in the evangelical church of studying LDS. I mean, I studied it in college where, you know, you, there, there's, there's, I, I had a class as a Bible, I was a Bible major in college. So I had a class that was about religions of the world. And so you study the different religions and you want to know what they say. And, mm -hmm. um, and I've, you know, seen videos and read articles to, about the LDS church and uh, Catholic church and all that kind of stuff. Um, all different, religions, faith, denominations, and all that. Uh, in the last three years, I have spent hundreds and hundreds of hours, thousands of hours with LDS people um, mm -hmm. because uh, LDS folks make up a good chunk of the distribution company that's handling our, our show, Angel Studios. They're not an LDS company, but they're based in Utah and a good portion of them are LDS. Um, as some, as a lot of people know, the set that we used for season two, uh, uh, for part of season two, is owned by the LDS Church. Um, so I, I've I've gone to Israel with several LDS folks um, for for research for the show, uh, who are partnered with me on the show because they're doing handling distribution. Um, I've prayed with them, gosh, hundreds of times. Um, some of them have become my closest friends, or at least part, some of some of my closest friends. Now, again, I think that <laughs> this is a long way around to get to Melissa's question about the same Jesus. But so far, you know, I think that, again, he's he's recounting things that we went over in the first um, 
part of this teaching series, you know, saying that I have a friend who's in the LDS church is the same as saying, I have a friend who's a Buddhist, or I have a friend who's an atheist. Okay. So there's nothing wrong with having a friendship with somebody. There's nothing wrong with having a business partner who's from a different worldview. Um, there's nothing even wrong with saying, I have a close friend. You know, I have a family member. I have family members I really care about. Um, I don't shun them. Okay. So none of these things that he's bringing up so far to me are problematic. Now I'm listening for his answer though, to Melissa's question about the same Jesus. Now I will say this, I am not as comfortable with his statement about praying with members of the LDS church. It's harder for me. Um, I haven't done that. Um, and, uh, I, I don't, think I would feel comfortable with that, but that's because I wouldn't feel comfortable praying with a Buddhist. Um, if, if they're the ones doing the praying, like uh, we have two different gods, we, you know, we're, that's not going to work, you know? Um, now if I was praying for a Buddhist and I was praying in the name of Jesus, you know, to the triune God, that would be a little different. If I was, um, my husband and I once tried to pray for some Jehovah's Witnesses on a, the street corner, and we stopped to talk to them for a little while and asked if we could pray for them. They absolutely would not pray with us um, because even they perceived we had two different Jesuses. And um, so we went over, we walked 10 feet away uh, from them, and we prayed for them anyways. But, um, you know, I don't have any problem praying with someone from a different religion or faith tradition. It's just, I wouldn't enter into that situation thinking that we're praying necessarily to the same God, if that makes sense. Okay, let's let's uh, let's continue here. Uh, who are partnered with me on the show because they're doing just handling distribution. Um, I've prayed with them, gosh, hundreds of times. Um, some of them have become my closest friends, or at least part, some of some of my closest friends. And so when I said, I made a comment, which uh, has, has, has aroused some response from even good friends. Hey Amen. God said he wouldn't let you mess up. So maybe this is. An, <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah. Um, where I talked about, yeah, we, we love the same Jesus. Yeah. And I, I, I don't, I don't, I regret maybe saying it with as, with less clarity than I'm saying it now. Um, but I don't regret the statement because I believe I believe that about at least the friends that I've gotten to know, those who have gotten to know well. Um, and what I mean by that is um, we don't share the same religion. I mean, I'm not, I don't consider myself religious. I don't like that word. Um, I'm, I, I, I have a relationship with Christ, not a religion. Um, and so I believe we have a different, well, I know we have a different quote unquote religion. Mm -hmm. And there are several things that we have strongly different beliefs about. Um, but what I was referring to was when we're talking about Jesus of Nazareth, we're talking about the Jesus of this show and the Jesus of the gospels that I'm writing this show about. Mm -hmm. Um, I have asked every conceivable question of my LDS friends, um, about Jesus based on everything that I've heard, read things that you've said, things that, I mean, I, I have, I've done a deep dive into all, into all of this. And, uh, I would say that, number one, there are things that I have read or heard 
from X LDS or from articles or videos or whatever mm -hmm. that simply don't reflect the beliefs of at least the LDS folks that I know, or at least most of them. Okay, let me make a quick comment about this issue that he's raising up because he he, he was almost about to say, you know, he, he admitted that LDS and historic Christianity are different religions. Okay, I appreciate that. He was just, I think, about to say, yes, it's a different Jesus, but then he went off on this little rabbit trail about um, how some members that he's interacted with who are members of the LDS church have different beliefs than what he learned in school or read in books or heard on apologetics podcasts. Now, I can relate to this. Um, when I first started having deeper conversations with a member of the LDS church, I noticed this issue too, that there were things that I had read in books written by a so-called LDS apologetics experts, that then when I talked to the LDS members that I would interact with, those two things didn't seem to line up. And I'm like, well, I hear that you, you believe this. And then I ask and they're like, oh no, that's a rumor. We don't actually believe that. And so when that happens, and I don't know if Dallas has done this. Um, so, but what you have to do is you have to go to the official statements of the LDS church. And it's really easy. There's not a lot of places you have to go. You can just go right to their website because there's only one official website. It makes it super easy. And you can look in Doctrine and Covenants. That's where their official doctrines are summarized. Now, you can read their holy books, you know, Pearl of Great Price, the Book of Mormon, and that sort of a thing. But really, the best two sources to go to, like, you don't want to go to the letters of Joseph Smith or the letters of Brigham Young. Those are not authoritative. Those are not authoritative to the average LDS person. You have to go look in Doctrine of Covenant, Doctrine and Covenants, and you know, on their official website. Okay. So um this is an issue where things get a little muddy. And, and I can relate to what Dallas is saying here, you know, that when he's interacted with people, he's like, well, wait a minute, I read this apologetics book by so-and-so ex-Mormon or so-and-so Mormon apologist, and they say, this is what you believe. And then you talk to the LDS member and they say, no, that's not what we believe. So primary sources is what's important and that matters. Okay, let's, let's continue here. Do you and, think it reflects the beliefs of the LDS church that they follow? Sometimes. I mean, that's the thing. So when, when right now, let's real quick, when we were just talking about the Trinity, um you know 15 minutes ago even in that discussion you and i had to spend as much time clarifying what we meant by the things we were saying yeah. as we did about the actual things we were saying because it was so nuanced yeah and i when when you're talking about the evangelical church when someone says to me who's not a believer mm -hmm. oh you're an evangelical oh so you believe and they list off the things that i believe or the people like joel osteen or um the the, the people who protest at funerals at military funerals and who mm -hmm. hold up these anti-gay signs mm -hmm. um or 
they'll, they'll start rattling off things that they know and understand about the evangelical world or they go, oh, you believe in the Bible, right? That's the Bible, the Old Testament, where it talks about uh, killing your, you know, your enemies or, uh, you know, and, and I have to spend all this time like clarifying the nuance of it. Mm-hmm. And so the fact that there are things that I have asked my LDS friends about who are deeply ingrained in the LDS church, or at least, in, I don't know if ingrained is the right word, but involved, and who tell me that is not accurate, that is not what I believe, um, multiple times. There are other things where they said, yes, we believe that, and here's why, and I go, oh, that's interesting, I don't believe that, and, or there, there's plenty of things where I've said to them, yeah, this is where we, this is where we diverge significantly. Uh, this is where I believe that borders on, if not heresy, borders on heresy. Um, it's, you know, this is the big problem we have with it. You know, so again, let me pause for a second and make a comment. So it's clear to me in this clip, this is one of the moments that's more clear uh, with Dallas, is that he doesn't believe that historic Christianity and the LDS church have exactly the same beliefs. Okay, so that is not what he's arguing. And he seems to freely admit that there are points of departure between the two um, religions. And so he's admitted now that historic Christianity and the LDS church are two different religions. He's admitted that they do not believe the same thing. So now we are, we're, we're still waiting for him. He was really quick with his answer on the LDS podcast. We're about eight minutes into his answer here and it's not as clear. It's not as quick, but uh, we're going to continue to walk with him because we want to give him a fair hearing. That's what we do if we are abiding by the golden rule of apologetics and treating others the way we would want to be treated in presenting our perspectives. So let's continue. Plenty of things like that. There's other things where I'm like, where they're saying to me, that was that thing that people criticize us about was written by a leader in the church, but is not gospel for the LDS church. Or some of us Mormons believe that, but not all of us, whatever, whatever it is. And to me, I go, instead of going, no, you don't really believe that, or no, you must be lying, or, or you must not understand your own faith, I go, huh, I've had plenty of things said about my faith, my evangelical beliefs, they're inaccurate from well-meaning people mm-hmm. who don't understand the nuance of it. It's certainly possible. And I know there's probably a viewer right now who's going, no, no, it's not possible. I understand everything there is to know about the LDS church and any nuance about it is incorrect that you're saying. Fine. But I'm just saying it's possible to sometimes get certain assumptions wrong about an entire belief system and not and to, to, to not recognize that there can be uh, within an entire belief system groups of people who have varying nuanced different beliefs yeah and when i hear like uh, uh when i'll watch a video online of an it'll say like ex-mormon comes to christ and they describe their story and i'll ask some of my lds friends about that mm-hmm. and or i'll look it up myself or i'll look at and or, or i'll just watch it myself and go their experience or what they're saying about their parents or what they were taught does not match what x you know uh, xyz lds friend of mine what their experience is or what their beliefs are. Now, either, either they're lying to me and they're all just lying to me, uh, which would be quite strange because they've devoted their entire careers and lives to my show. Like people at Angel Studios and some of my close friends 
and the LDS church have literally told me that they have like, that, that their careers and their lives have become about getting this show out to the world. So the Jesus of Nazareth, the Jesus that I'm portraying in this show is a Jesus that, at least for my LDS friends that I'm working with, mm-hmm. at least those, I'm not talking about the whole church. I can't speak for the whole church. And let me be, make something also very clear. The whole church does not want me speaking for them. The LDS church does not formally endorse the show. They have never made any kind of statement of endorsement for the show. They are as passionate about making sure that the show is not formally associated with the church as I am. Uh, in fact, all of my LDS friends, by the way, who work on the show, do not want the show associated with the LDS church because they know that that will cause people to not watch it or be upset or offended. Like they are fully aware of the reputation. They are fully aware of how much distraction it can cause. And they are saying, it's your show. We are signing on for your show. It's an Mm -hmm. evangelical based show. And we are just interested in getting it out to the world. Mm -hmm. So that, that needs to be clear too, but all uh, the, 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 I'm sure this isn't the final thing, but the final thing I want to say about this point is that um, there has not been a word. And I mean that literally not one word said by anyone in the LDS church that I work with or that I know that has said, make sure you say this or change that or tweak this uh, about Jesus uh, or that doesn't align with our beliefs, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. So the Jesus that we are working on together or or portraying, um, I believe, I believe you can use the word. It's the same Jesus. And when we say things like, no, no, LDS people believe in a different Jesus, a false Jesus, a heretical Jesus, whatever it is, whatever term you want to use, I'm not going to get into that. I'm not going to debate um, the specifics of that. I'm just going to say, I think that that starts to become wordplay. Like if you and I are talking about Jordan Ross, our mutual friend, and you said, you know, Jordan, yeah, I know Jordan. Of course he's plays little James and the chosen and he's uh, got a wife and kids and a dog. And he's uh, has this, we start talking about all these things. And if I say, yeah, you know, and he's, he's six feet tall and you went, no, that's no, he's not. He's, he's, five, four or five, five, whatever he is. I go, no, no, he's six feet. I don't think you'd say, no, no, no. That's, you're talking about a different Jordan Ross. You'd say you're wrong about, about this aspect of Jordan Ross. It's not a different Jordan. It's just, you're wrong about this aspect. Now I know there's a massive difference in some of the things that some LDS folks say about Jesus that have a lot, that is a greater, much greater import than height. I understand that. Of course, I'm just saying that when we start getting into semantics of um, same Jesus, different Jesus, I think we, I think it becomes about semantics and not about the act, the actual reality. And the well, Jesus. Um, okay. We finally arrived at Dallas's answer. It took 12 minutes, but we got there. All right. So if I'm going to summarize um, what he says in this clip with what he said in the previous clip on the LDS podcast, I think what he's saying is that King James Bible affirmed by the LDS church, King James Bible affirmed by historic Christianity, same Jesus. Okay. Not taking into account the book of Mormon or Pearl of great price or doctrine and covenants and and all their other holy books. Okay. Same Jesus. Okay. But then when we add on these other features from other holy books, this is when we get into the comparison of the Jordan Ross example. 
of will these add additional features onto Jesus? And where he's saying, no, 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 it's, it's still the same Jesus, but you have these other features wrong that you want to add on to Jesus. I think that's what he's saying. If I was sitting across from him at coffee, that's how I would try to give my best summary of his position. But this brings up an important point when we're, we're engaging with somebody from that holds a viewpoint that we don't quite understand, or maybe a viewpoint that's different from our own. We want to take time to first hear them all the way out, even if it takes a while, be patient, it's a fruit of the spirit, and then summarize it back to them. Let me see if I'm understanding what you're saying. So we want to listen to understand, not just listen for the person to stop talking so I can jump on them and correct them. Okay. All right. Let's continue. Cause Melissa, as you can see from her little facial expressions, God bless her. I love her. Uh, she's gonna, she's gonna push back on this a little bit. So let's, let's continue. If you have somebody in your circle that's giving you theological advice, that's an LDS. Do you see why your informed audience would be concerned about that? Like, so people that know about the LDS church, it's like, it doesn't, it, it's their theology, right. but where it kind of concerns the, the informed audience that loves you yeah. is if your worldview is going to be affected by the LDS worldview. Right. And then that gets into the show. I'm not taking theological advice from any LDS folks. I'm getting occasional information from them on where they, where they stand, but. What do you mean by that? Well, I don't. I don't get any theological advice. I, I don't have any LDS folks telling me, here's, here's some advice, here's, here's what you should do, or here's how you should think, or uh, here's, some, here's some tips on how to get closer to Jesus, or here's some tips on how to get uh, into heaven or into the, 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 you know, the, the, heaven, the particular heavenly realm. Um, and I've been, like I said, I've spent thousands of hours with you know, a dozen LDS folks over the last three years, uh, very, very close friends. I've never once gotten a piece of advice. Um, okay. So I just, I just think the word advice is a very specific term. Um, and so there's never been any quote unquote advice or influence that would get into the show because it's not that that's never been their intent and they've never. So th these are that. like, these are friends, just like casual friends that are not involved with uh, putting on content for the show or giving you some sort of uh, feedback because you understand there's, there's like groups of people that think that you probably um, have like this group of people from all these, the, like uh, all these religions that you sit together at a table and um, one's LGBT, one is Mormon, one is Catholic, and that's a progressive probably. And you probably have a new age out there somewhere and you no, all no. get together, you know? So it's like, um, I don't uh, think that's what that is. So, so, so again, all, all of my LDS friends are involved in the show in some way. So they're, I've got, that's how I've gotten to know them is. Yeah. Like involved, like they hold a camera involved, like, or. No, they, they're in charge of like the distribution of the show to the world, you know, like oh, they, created, okay. they created the app, you know. Okay. Again, I think this is a really important clarifying point is that he's not, he says very clearly and, and, you know, so we have to, you know, um, where he is clear, you know, let's also be clear and, and give him deference. He says very clearly, he does not have members of the LDS church who provide theological content or consulting on the show. So again, this charge that we looked at last time that there's LDS content embedded in the show 
I think that that would be at this point, based on what he's saying and what I've seen in the show, I think it would be purely a coincidence. He says he, and we looked at last time some receipts that he hasn't read the Book of Mormon in its entirety. It doesn't influence him in how he does the show. He has read a few passages in it at the recommendation of friends. So here again, he says, yes, there are LDS people who help with the distribution, creating the app, employing other employees to do these jobs. That's clear, but they are not acting as consultants on the show or helping to shape the content of the show. Okay, let's continue. That makes sense. They, uh, they created the app or they, uh, you know, I mean, most of it is around the app. I mean, the, cho the chosen app, which is the free app that goes out to the entire world has been And you've gotten flack for the VidAngel thing too, because I know that yeah. that's, yeah. Well, that's, that's where the vast majority of my LDS friends have come from. And then because of that, then I've met more. And we filmed half a season in Utah um, on the on that set in, in Goshen, Utah, which is owned by the LDS church. Uh -huh. and, uh, and again, there were people who go, how can you use a set that's owned by the LDS church? And I go, why weren't you complaining about the set we used in season one where we were filming a soundstage owned by atheists? Like, yes, yeah. There's no- You can't using win. A set, using a set yeah. that's owned <laughs> by anybody has no, it doesn't like seep its way into the script. Yeah. And now all of a sudden there's lines of dialogue that are more atheist because we're shooting on a set. This is a good point Dallas brings up. Okay, so that's that's the end of that clip. But um, again, just reinforcing points that, that we've made before. So oh, this whole same Jesus thing. And it, but what it's, it's, it felt a little bit like trying to pin down a cloud, but I think we, we learned a couple of points in there. It wasn't as clear as what he said on the LDS podcast. There is a part of me that's like the skeptic part of me that's like, why, why didn't he give the same clear answer? It just, felt a little bit, anyone else feel this way? It was a little circuitous, but okay, we found our way through it. Um, now, Melissa continues to try to press Dallas about issues and what his personal beliefs are versus the, the beliefs of the people that he works with. And this led to a very interesting exchange where she's again trying to press him just to make sure that he's clear that these are two different religions. So let's take a look at this club. Yes, um, go ahead. Would you know if you're being influenced? Like how much do you know about LDS beliefs? What is their gospel? Um, well, the, the phrase, how much do I know? I think I would say. Well, tell me two I, things. If what is their gospel and what are they, who do they believe Jesus is? <laughs> well, I'm going to, I'm going, here, here's why I'm going to defer that question and maybe hope to maybe get a little bit more specific because okay. I'm not trying to shirk the question. It's, I, I, I'm going to say, I don't know, I don't know enough to, to intelligently say, to answer a question like, what is their gospel with, which authority. is why I ask. Um, yeah. Um, so I'm not going to, Okay. claim that I know enough to know. I, I, I know quite a bit, I think, because I've done a lot of study and I've spoken to 
a lot of LDS folks over the last three years, including some of the highest ranking members of the church. Um, and I've asked a lot of questions, but I'm still not comfortable in a public forum saying this is what this is their gospel because that's such a huge question. So uh, I'm not going to for for both their sake and for mine and for yours <laughs> and for the shows uh, claim that I know enough to, to, to say this is what this is their gospel. OK, so there we heard uh, Dallas concede a major point of difference between his own personal beliefs and the beliefs of a, a fairly foundational belief of the LDS church. And Melissa is making a very fine point that, you know, if, if the churches were exactly the same, Mormon missionaries wouldn't be coming to our door and trying to convince us to believe in their way. It's because, you know, Joseph Smith has said that, that our, our views are impure. We're not saying that I mean, we are saying that about Mormons, but but Joseph Smith kind of started this with the very first page in the Book of Mormon saying that he looked for the most pure church and had a vision uh, of God that said, you know, there is no pure church. I'm going to give you a revelation to start your own. So th there are clear differences between us. And I think that that is important for us to be transparent about and, and to think about. All right, let's look at one more clip here from Melissa's conversation. I'm gonna fast forward it to about an hour and 11 minutes into the discussion. And we're going to hear them continue to talk about um, what LDS people believe. And Melissa tries to nail Dallas down about that issue very clear because words are very important. Um, I have had those conversations that you just described, uh, conservatively speaking, dozens of times. I have had late night conversations until three in the morning while we were, you know, together working on the show, mm -hmm. uh, you know, or planning out marketing meetings or whatever. And I've stayed up till three in the morning talking with an LDS friend about, about the gospel and about what they believe. Um, and I have pulled out and said, this is what this says. What, yes. what is your response to that? And all I can tell you is, again, because I, those, are, those are private conversations, so I'm not going to like get into the details of them or name names or anything like that, but yeah, I, yeah, all yeah. I can tell you is that a good chunk of the time they have said um, that was taken out of context or that is not actual official orthodoxy. That's a church leader who wrote that 70 years well, ago. Well, if it's from their church website, though, yeah. I mean, you're talking yeah. about basic LDS beliefs sure. that a Mormon missionary would bring to your door right. that nobody would argue with that um, yeah. are very easily debated yeah. like that yeah. are, are it's different it's a different gospel and a different jesus so it's more than somatics it's more than well, i know yeah I'm, I'm, I'm just using examples I'm, I'm just using one example but i'm saying yeah. there are there are multiple things from their from the foundational beliefs of, of lds church that are canon and doctrine mm -hmm. to things that are supposed canon and doctrine by people who don't know it as well who th who are making assumptions um but i have asked all of those i mean very very detailed questions and we have had very detailed and heartfelt debates i'm just not willing to share, like when when you, when you ask a question that's as as broad, which is a great question, but as broad as what is their gospel or um, where do you stand on all these things? It's just I just in, in, unless we had you know ten hours, um, I, I'm 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 hesitant to get into it when it comes to something this important, mm -hmm. um, especially when it's not related to the content of the show. I'm just going to be I'm going to be more cautious and and, and deferential. 
So, but, but just want to make it very clear. I have had very detailed, very long, very intense conversations with LDS folks um, uh, from all levels of the church. They know exactly where I stand. They know exactly my faith. They know exactly my, uh, the evangelical, or, well, I shouldn't even say the evangelical, the Dallas Jenkins belief about the foundation of scripture, all of those things. And I would just say that um, they, uh, at least the people that I've talked to, Mm-hmm. have 100% agreed with me far more than I expected. I'm just saying, I just want to be clear. And I also want to be somewhat defensive of my LDS friends in the sense of, I don't want to say that the, the areas where we agree mean that they don't still support the LDS church. I think they would argue they do support the LDS church. Well, I know they would because they're part of it. And, and that they would just, they would just say that we are misinterpreting it. And some people are comfortable saying who aren't LDS, are saying, no, I'm not misinterpreting it. You're wrong. You don't get it. And I'm less comfortable saying that. Doesn't mean I waffle on the majors. Doesn't mean that I waffle on my own faith. I'm just not as comfortable speaking definitively about their faith and saying that I understand the wording and I understand the nuance of their faith more than they do. Would you, um, would you, would you agree that you're still learning, that you're, you're still at a, you seem like sure. that, like you seem like you're open to learning more and, um, I don't know. You, sure. just, you don't seem like you would be like the type of guy that would think, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to stand by this theological hearsay or whatever it is. Um, this is a big problem and not talk to them about it. I, I respect oh, the fact. Good. Yeah. 100%. Like um, that, that's, this is, this is such an enlightening uh, conversation because um you just seem to have a very strong conviction for that. And it's, it's almost like a, you have an evangelical, uh, uh, you want to spread the gospel um, yes. in that aspect. And the, and the apologist in me is like, oh, Dallas, let me come alongside you, bud. Like, if, if you're as strong in the faith as you say and as you seem, uh, I think it's not a bad thing that they're in your, <laughs> maybe you're in their circle of influence, you know, that, that you're placed in their lives, you know, for the purpose of spreading the gospel as you seem so passionately to to um, be about. Okay, I think that's a great place to stop that. And so what what is very clear to me about what Dallas is doing here, and again, why am I playing long clips? It's because I think that, you know, I wanna give you an example of hearing someone out. I think Melissa is doing a great job of doing that. And so I think that, you know, while I wish that Dallas was more forthcoming and saying, look, here's where I stand, you know, in a more succinct way, Here's where LDS people are. Her pressing him to articulate LDS beliefs, it, it couldn't come across as like, why does he sound like he's kind of waffling? Why won't he just come out and clearly say, oh, yes, this is what LDS people believe? Um, again, there's a part of me that can understand what he's doing. I think. And I'm speculating, but I think that Dallas is engaging in a type of strategy. Um, I think that he doesn't want to get tangled up in the, the kind of the web of then not only now does he have to articulate his own beliefs as a Christian, now he, he's on the hook to articulate accurately LDS beliefs. 
And I, you know, to be honest, I've never seen a director have to go through this much scrutiny over their worldview system uh, in front of Christians. I think Dallas is very uh, for forbearing and and patient in answering the same questions over and over again. But I think that what is important for us to know is his hesitancy about articulating LDS beliefs was real, as he said there. It wasn't just a perceived thing where. Um, you know, Melissa's trying to get him to say something and it, he was hemming and hawing. You can see it if you watch the whole interview, but you kind of got the gist of it in, in what I played. And, and finally at the end there, he's just like saying, look, I don't, I don't want to be the expert on their beliefs. I can respect that. So sometime later after Dallas was on Melissa's podcast, he actually went back on the saints unscripted podcast and which was the original LDS podcast that we watched at the top of um, this stream. And they talked about his interview with Melissa and it was kind of interesting to see Dallas's reaction. So let's take a look at that. I watched an interview that you recently did um, with a nice lady um, and holy cow, she grilled you. She really uh, put you on the ropes there a little bit about the Latter-day Saint faith, which I found extremely interesting because, one, you're not a Latter-day Saint. You're an evangelical. But I really wanted to start this interview off by just from the bottom of my heart thanking you for how you handled that. She put some tough questions to you. She's obviously not a big fan of the Latter-day Saint faith. Um, she seems very eager to, to um, you know, explain to Latter-day Saints what they believe, which is always, you know, a treat for us Latter-day Saints. But um, she grilled you on, on not just what your beliefs are, but what your understanding of Latter-day Saint beliefs are and how you feel about those beliefs. Obviously, you disagree with you know, plenty of our beliefs, and you were not shy about making that known, um, but you were careful not to speak for our faith. Uh, you were careful to recognize nuance in our faith and to recognize that sometimes there are misunderstandings about faiths that you, you may be less familiar with. And you did it in a way that I think was not only respectful to us, but but also was conveyed very well where you stand. And, and where you stand is you disagree with us on many issues, and that's totally fine, but you had the opportunity to throw us under the bus and to you know engage in some friendly banter at our expense, and you didn't. And as a faith that, frankly, is not super well-liked, uh, if I'm being totally honest and speaking in generalizations here, uh, that means a lot. And so I wanted to thank you for for that show of respect. Well, I appreciate that. Uh, I want to make very clear, M Melissa, uh, who did the interview with me, I, I she's great. Uh, she's become a friend, I think, through that process. Uh, the interview, I think, was fair. She's tough, obviously. I wouldn't have it any other way. I don't think uh, you. I don't think you become uh, a successful commentator like she has become without being tough, but also fair. So I really enjoyed the, the conversation. And I think it's also very important to 
make clear that, like I've had a few Latter-day Saints tell me, thank you so much, like you just said, for, uh, you know, for that. I, I didn't really do it. I hope this comes out right. I didn't do it to be an apologist for the LDS faith I, or to even be a defender of the LDS faith. Um, it really is for me about the fact that I disagree with several tenants, uh, including some big ones uh, within the within the LDS faith. But I don't believe that my LDS friends or my Catholic friends or my Greek Orthodox friends or my Jewish friends or my evangelical friends, and that's the key, or myself, have the monopoly on criticizable theology or have the monopoly on a need for the Savior. And some people have said to me, well, through this show, you it's important that when you are with people of other faiths or people who have it wrong, that you evangelize. And there's concern from some people, evangelicals in particular, because I'm surrounded on this project by so many people of all different faiths. For some reason, they seem to care more about the LDS people I'm with than anyone else. I'm not quite sure why that is. But LDS, Catholic, agnostic, atheist, um, all stripes of the spiritual or lack thereof rainbow. And there seems to be this perception that I'm supposed to take advantage of every opportunity I have to not only share my faith and not only portray the Jesus of the Gospels, but to counteract, argue with, point out the wrong, correct, etc., of any other faith that might have it wrong. And I just don't believe, A, that that's my role. Um, I believe my role primarily is to accurately portray the authentic Jesus to a billion people around the world. And I'm in my own church, surrounded by, occasionally, I shouldn't say surrounded by, but I know people who also have things in their faith or in their relationship with God that could use some education, could use some buttoning up, could use some um, improving, uh, some clarity, some maturity. And I consider that to be true of myself. So to me, I, look, I loved the interview. I love Melissa. I think it's great. I think she had the opportunity to share what she passionately believes about the LDS faith. So I don't think anyone can come away from that video confused about where she stands on it. Um, I don't think people know exactly where I stand on all of it. And I think that's okay. Because again, on a public forum, I don't believe it's my job, nor do I believe it's really right for me to speak authoritatively or intelligently about the nuances of the LDS faith. I'm not LDS. I have to say, your website doesn't do you any favors necessarily because it includes so many things that every now and then I'll go to a uh, an LDS friend of mine and I'll say, so why does it say this and what do you believe about this? And they'll go, yeah, that's from X person who, you know, that's not canon, that's uh, some one person's belief and it's not necessarily everyone's belief or whatever it is. And so, uh, but that, that's more of a marketing thing than anything. I, I don't get into that, but uh, I'll just say, yeah, it's been, it's been quite a ride. I, and it, it all came out of my conversation with you. I said that you, um, that, that many LDS folks and I uh, love the same Jesus. Uh, I still believe that. Um, it's gotten me in a lot of trouble, but I still believe that. And I'm not, I have a bit of a superpower in that I don't really care if, <laughs> if, if, if something that I say that I passionately believe is, is uh, criticized. Um, I care, of course, if I'm wrong. I care if I, I, I believe in healthy um, correction. But I, I also, when I went, I went back to the interview, my, my conversation with you, and I was like, did I, what did I say that, was, that caused this much 
uh, angst for some people. And I believe actually in the first interview, I was pretty nuanced with you. I actually said, I'm not LDS. I disagree with a lot of LDS things. Uh, it's just that the people that I know, at least the majority, um, especially when we're talking about Jesus of Nazareth, Jesus of the Gospels, we love the same Jesus. We may have some strong differences of opinion, and you may, you may believe some things about Jesus before, uh, he, before the Gospels, and particularly after the Gospels. But I, I believe that I have come to know deeply um, some LDS folks that I would die for, that I would crawl on glass with, that I have crawled on glass with for this project and who share my belief to make the authentic Jesus known to the world. And if it's a different Jesus, then they're actually really bad because they're working really hard to get this show out to the world. <laughs> and uh, so if it's part of some really big con, uh, it's it's a really bad one because <laughs> we are all... Plan. Yeah, it would be, it's, it's a, you're doing a really poor job of it. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's start to bring all of these threads together. In answer to the questions, does Dallas Jenkins believe that LDS members and historic Christians believe in the same Jesus? It seems like what he's arguing is that both religions affirm the King James version of the Bible, and it's the same Jesus. The differences get introduced to that Jesus picture on the LDS side when we get into their other holy books. But because the Book of Mormon happens chronologically after Jesus's ascension in um, our Bibles, he's, he's, he's saying they, that it's the same Jesus. Now, do I buy this argument? That, that's, that's a different question. Because obviously not. We, we do not worship the same Jesus. It is different Jesuses. The, the, the features described of Jesus uh, in the Book of Mormon, Doctrine of Covenants, etc. is different than the Jesus of historic Christianity. And again, it was Joseph Smith who said it first that all the other churches were impure. That's us, okay? So I, I, I think, though, this, this technicality that Dallas wants to put forward, that it's the same Jesus, uh, does this work theologically? No, I don't think this works. Technically, maybe this works because, again, King James Bible King versus King James Bible. But the problem with the, the, the average Mormon is that, or a member of the LDS church, um, they put the Book of Mormon on top of the Bible. They put the Book of Mormon as a higher priority, more pure scripture. While they believe in the King James Version of the Bible, they would say, insofar as it's correctly translated, they believe that there's a level of corruption in our Bible. And so they look at the Book of Mormon as being more pure. And so they put higher weight on its authority and they use it as an interpretive lens for the Bible. And Dallas doesn't address this issue. And it's kind of a major issue. I, I, and I think that there's part of me that I can be sympathetic with those who, when, when Dallas talks in these very circuitous ways, it makes people, it makes evangelicals feel 
a little leery about what he's doing. And, and they perceive that maybe he's being a little less than honest because this, this, this issue of the Bible, the book of Mormon being used as a lens through which the Bible is interpreted. It's kind of a major issue. That's not like some tertiary point over here. Um, but again, if I just look at the show as it stands on its own, I don't at this point see any slam dunk for LDS theology. As far as Dallas's statements, the same Jesus statements, I understand what he's trying to do. I'm wondering, and I love what Melissa said at the very end of that clip there, is I'm almost wondering if this is like an evangelism strategy that he's, he's using of not slamming LDS members and beliefs in public because he has to work with these people. And, and who knows what's happening behind the scenes? Um, his description of conversations with LDS friends is very relatable to me. Um, I think that I've wondered, is he trying to in some kind of way preserve those relationships and not put those beliefs on blast in public so that he can maintain some relational credibility, some relational capital so that he can stay in those deep conversations until two in the morning with LDS members. How often does that happen where uh, an LDS member and a member of historic Christianity have that deep level of friendship where maybe he can speak into their lives in an evangelistic way. And, you know, I, again, I, I'm not going to call Dallas Jenkins a liar. That, that is just not um, my jurisdiction. Again, I'm not an elder in his church. I'm not in spiritual authority over him. I am a YouTuber. Okay. And no other YouTuber I, uh, that as far as I know, has spiritual authority in, in Dallas Jenkins life. Now we could be careful about how we comment about things that he says, but the, I don't have any spiritual jurisdiction over him. And as far as I can tell, Dallas Jenkins is a brother in the Lord who sometimes speaks in very circuitous ways. And um, he is clear about the differences between the LDS church and historic Christianity, but he's trying to forge some common ground with them in public for the sake of relationship and for the sake of the show. I'm going to chalk that up to his heart for evangelism and the desire to get the chosen out uh, to as many people as possible. So at this point, I want to circle back to a previous comment that I made um, in a previous stream that at times I don't think Dallas Jenkins is careful about what he says. And we've seen some example of that, you know, in, in what we've watched today, because there are times when he's very vague. And um, I've heard him mention a couple of times on interviews that he thinks he has a superpower of not caring what other people think, what other people think. And, and, you know, I guess that could be good in the age of social media and all the hyper scrutiny that he's been under. And that said, I do think that he hasn't always acted graciously um, to push back. His initial response to the, the doctrinal concerns in the season three trailer, which again, we, we kind of um, examined in detail last time and 
said, you know, I don't think this concern is warranted. But his initial response to that pushback was dismissive, was a bit off-putting, kind of defensive. Um, I tried to find that video back so I could play it. I don't know if maybe if it was scrubbed, I couldn't find it back. But basically, he just thought the, the feedback was dumb. And he loved the line, I am the law of Moses. He just kept saying, I love the line. It's a great line. And he, he really just thought that the, the, the feedback was kind of dumb, which again, I don't agree with the concern, but I think there would have been possibly a more gracious way of addressing it in public. But more recently, he made a joke about Joseph Smith. I just think is kind of unfortunate. Um, I'm going to put it up on the screen here for you. This is from a Facebook post, December 26, 2022. The most common question after episode three of season three, what did Jesus whisper to Lazarus? And we saw that scene last time in the last episode. He says, I'll reveal the mystery in the comments. And we scroll down and here's his, his response. I'm about to quote the Book of Mormon. Now, this is in reference to everyone's concern or a lot of people's concern about the Book of Mormon. Um, I just thought that was a fairly ungracious way of handling that. But I think Dallas Jenkins has kind of an edgy sense of humor. Um, I'm going to unfold the, the replies here. Some people appreciated his sense of humor. Thanks for having a sense of humor. Um, some people appreciated it, mostly not. Some people said, I love your sense of humor. You're stirring things up. Um, other people didn't like it. I specifically follow The Chosen because it's Bible-based. The Book of Mormon is not. And um, so, you know, not everybody got the, the mockery and sarcasm. And so then after the firestorm, there was even a write-up about it. Um, in uh, churchleaders.com where they were commenting about the joke. And uh, so then he had a follow-up post on December 30th, 2022, where he posted a link to the, the churchleaders.com article. And then he made a comment in the comments. It says, for the, for the record, the reason my joke about us not having Jesus on the cross winking at Joseph Smith, which I think was a comment that he had put in the previous string, and I don't have that, but he says, is not a, actually a joke about Jesus on the cross, is because our show isn't the Bible and Jonathan isn't Jesus. We know the difference between the show, our actors, me, the Bible, Jesus, God, we can and should make fun of the former. Now, 738 people liked this comment. I, I think that this is very convenient for Dallas. You know, he's like, on the one hand, he wants to, in interviews, present an authentic picture of Jesus. And then on the other hand, he wants permission to be able to say, well, it's just Jonathan Rumi. And, and we all know that he's just a human and he's not really Jesus. Well, Dallas, you can't have it both ways here, buddy. And, you know, these kinds of jokes, uh, they're just kind of Dallas's edgy humor. Some people don't know what to make of how he comes across sometimes as kind of arrogant and, and outspoken. 
I guess I, I have a different take on it um, from being sort of around on occasion, some people who've worked in Hollywood. To me, this is just typical Hollywood humor. This is just typical Hollywood ways of acting and being. And when you're with Christians who work professionally in Hollywood, they're often kind of edgy like this in their humor. I think it's more of a cultural thing, but I think it's real hard for the average Christian, especially like someone living in small town, you know, middle of the country, flyover country. They don't get it. They, they don't, they don't get this kind of edgy humor. I'm not saying it's, it's bad or right or anything. I'm not making a moral judgment about it. I guess to me, it just strikes me as being more of a cultural expression based on um, some of my experience in interacting with Christians who work in Hollywood. I could be wrong. I'm not excusing it. It is off-putting to me, but it also kind of strikes me as being that way. Personally, I find these jokes kind of tasteless. Um, you know, I, it's just, that's just an opinion. Um, but that's kind of my assessment of that. Wow. This has been a lot, <laughs> but at the end of the day, as we're wrapping up here, um, what, what do I think about the concern that Dallas Jenkins thinks, thinks LDS people worship the same Jesus as we do as historic Christians? Yes and no. Um, it's a complicated answer. He he does on a technicality. I think that is what he is arguing. If we look at the the LDS Church's affirmation of the King James Bible and our Bible, but the Church also believes that our Bible is corrupt, and so it needs these additional add-ons from the Book of Mormon. These additional add-ons, he would say, he disagrees with, um, but he would not say it's a different Jesus. He just says, these add-ons are wrong. That's my best attempt at understanding his position. I hope you have found this helpful in how to persevere with someone as they're explaining their position to try to hone in on what is it that they are exactly trying to articulate in their view. Future analysis. Um, I'm probably going to be doing some shows related to Roman Catholicism because that's an issue I have not yet covered in this series. I know a couple of the major actors are Roman Catholics and have had um, some questions about that on my social media. I will also likely later in the year do a um, conversation related to the question, does a show like The Chosen or The Passion of the Christ or even the Jesus film violate the second commandment? I've been doing a deep dive on that. I will probably do some additional teachings this year on Sola Scriptura, because there seems to be a lot of confusion about what Sola Scriptura means and what it doesn't mean. And one of the things that I am keeping my eye on that I think might actually be a bigger concern than anything I've talked about so far is there has been so little talk in the series about sin and repentance. There's been a little, but not much. And this is a major feature of Jesus's life and ministry. To be honest, for me, that concerns me more than some of these other issues that will have a lot of people up in their emotions about it. I actually think the thing that I'm keeping my eye on the most is the messaging of how do you come to believe in Jesus as the Messiah, walk with him, become a disciple, and the, the issue of sin and repentance. 
that's really the thing that I am on the lookout for. With that, we'll wrap up this conversation for now, and uh, but we'll continue it throughout the year. We'll keep revisiting some key themes that I've talked about. I hope you found this helpful. I do look forward to your feedback about it, and um, please share it with a friend. Thank you. Good night, and God bless. Thanks for joining us. Make sure to subscribe to the Theology Mom podcast and add your review. You can also follow Krista at Theology Mom on Facebook and YouTube. Join Krista for more theology adventures on the All The Things Show, co-hosted with Monique Dusan. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.